Thank you so very much uh, just for inviting us into your home to worship this morning. I want to start off by doing this. If you have your Bibles or your mobile devices, would you go ahead and turn to Ezekiel, uh, Ezekiel chapter one, go ahead and pull that up right now. We're going to be going through that uh, to start off our time together. As you're finding uh, Ezekiel in your Bible or your mobile device, uh, my name is Jed and I am so glad to be able to uh, just uh, take us into God's word today as we gather in homes all across this valley, all across this state, all across this country and all over the world. Thank you so very much uh, for inviting us into your home uh, to worship our God this morning. And so if you have found uh, the book of Ezekiel, uh, let's look at chapter one, starting in verse four. It says, as I looked, I saw a great storm coming from the north, driving before it a huge cloud that flashed with lightning and shone with brilliant light. There was a fire inside the cloud and in the middle of the fire glowed something like gleaming amber. From the center of the cloud came four living beings that looked human, except that each had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight and their feet had hooves like those of a calf and shone like burnished bronze. Under each of their four wings, I could see human hands. So each of the four beings had four faces and four wings. The wings of each living being touched the wings of the beings beside it. Each one moved straight forward in any direction without turning around. Each had a human face in the front and a face of a lion on the right side, a face of an ox on the left side, and the face of an eagle at the back. Each had two pairs of outstretched wings, one pair stretched out to touch the wings of the living beings on either side of it, and the other pair covered its body. They went in whichever direction the spirit chose, and they moved straight forward in any direction without turning around. The living beings looked like bright coals of fire or brilliant torches, and lightning seemed to flash back and forth among them. And the living beings darted to and fro like flashes of lightning. As I looked at these beings, I saw four wheels touching the ground beside them, one wheel belonging to each. The wheels sparkled as if made of barrel. All four wings looked alike and were made the same. Each wheel had a second wheel turning crosswise within it. The beings could move in any of the four directions they faced without turning as they moved. The rims of the four wheels were tall and frightening and they were covered with eyes all around. When the living beings moved, the wheels moved with them. When they flew upward, the wheels went up too. The spirit of the living beings was in the wheels. So wherever the spirit went, the wheels and the living beings also went. When the beings moved, the wheels moved. And when the beings stopped, the wheels stopped. And when the beings flew up, the wheels rose up, for the spirit of the living beings was in the wheels. Spread out above them was a surface like the sky, glittering like crystal. Beneath the surface, the wings of each living being stretched out to touch the other wings, and each had two wings covering its body. As they flew, their wings sounded to me like waves crashing against the shore, or like the voice of the Almighty, or like the shouting of a mighty army. When they stopped, they let down their wings. 
As they stood with wings lowered, a voice spoke from beyond the crystal surface above them. Above the surface was something that looked like a throne made of blue lapis lazuli. And on the throne high above was a figure whose appearance resembled a man. From what appeared to be uh, his waist up, he looked like a gleaming amber, flickering like a fire. And from his waist down, he looked like a burning flame, shining with splendor. All around him was a glowing halo, like a rainbow shining in the clouds on a rainy day. This is what the glory of the Lord looked like to me. And when I saw it, I fell to the ground. I want to take these next few moments before we get into God's word today, into the message that, that he has for us. Uh, to just start off our time wherever you may be right now, uh, gathered with those around you, uh, just worshiping and praising God for who he is. So would you just take the next few minutes right now to just go around and just tell him exactly who he is. Uh, maybe even use a part of the scripture that we just saw to tell him how powerful he is how beautiful he is, uh, how he is the one who is in control, who uh, everything revolves around. We just got to see the picture of his throne and how everything revolves around him. Would you tell him right now who he is and let us praise him. Do you ever have those days where you feel like that God's decided that you're no longer welcome, no longer needed, or that your life is too big of a mess for him to pay any attention to? Do you ever have those seasons of life where you feel like Abraham did in those 13 years of silence where he didn't hear a word from God and you just wonder, hey God, what's up? Do you need some reassurance today that God loves you, that God is chasing after you, that God desires this intentional relationship with you? I have great news for you today. God has not given up on you. And God, not only as we saw two weeks ago, is the God who dwells within us. Not only as we saw last week, that he's the God who walks with us. We want to show you today that God is the God who is shepherding you, leading you to get to the place where you need to be. He pursues you and he wants to provide for you. We're in Genesis chapter 48, where Joseph's dad, Jacob, is blessing Joseph's sons. And it's kind of a weird thing, but listen again, Genesis 48, 
verse 16. Uh, verse 15, and he blessed Joseph and said, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the boys and let, and, then, and in them let my name be carried on in the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. And this is the blessing when God chose Abraham. He said, I choose you and through you the nations of the world are gonna be blessed. And Abraham passed the blessing on to Isaac and Isaac passed the blessing on to Jacob. And now Jacob is passing the blessing on to Joseph's sons. And he reveals this God we saw last week. He's the God who walks with us. And this week I want you to see that he's the God who shepherds us. Look again at that one section there in just verse 15. He says, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day. This is a fascinating picture because this is the first time the imagery of God's shepherding appears in all of the scriptures. You're going to see next week as Pastor Wiltridge shows us there's another something that happens for the first time in a reference to God. But, but here it's the God who's shepherding me. And Jacob says, this is the God who's shepherded me all the days of my life to this very day. And I wouldn't be surviving without that. And that's what I want for these who are my blessing. I want them to know that God walks with them and I want them to know that God shepherds them. Go back with me, if you would, to Genesis chapter 28, verse 15. Genesis 28, verse 15, God says this to Jacob. He says, Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I've done what I promised for you. In other words, Jacob sees the shepherding nature of God as the God who promises, the God who is present, and the God who protects. These are ways in which God, uh, Jacob saw the shepherding nature of God. The God who's present, look at what he says. Um, I will not leave you, I am with you. The God of promise, what I promise to you, and the God of protection, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land. And Jacob sees this shepherding, this gentle, this caring nature of God. We're going to, as we go throughout the remainder of the scriptures, we're going to see the shepherding image continued, but this is the very first place it appears. We'll see it as we go through the Exodus and God shepherds his people through the, through the wilderness and through this time of 40 years of wandering. We're gonna see it in the time of exile when God's people are removed from the land of Israel, away from this capital city of Jerusalem and, and God shepherds them through the exile. He leads them and he leads you and I in these dry wilderness periods of life. I don't know if there've ever been those time in your life where you've experienced and sense that God's decided that you're no longer welcome, no longer needed, or that your life's too big of a mess. My friend, that's a wilderness period. And God shows up and he wants to be the one who shepherds you in that period of time. But read through the scriptures and you begin to see the shepherding image. And shepherding is this picture of, uh, of God protecting his sheep, of God providing for his sheep, of God being present with his sheep, of God gathering the sheep together, of God guiding the sheep to where they need to go. Maybe the most famous of all shepherding songs is Psalm 23. Some of you can quote it as I read it. Uh, if you're in a church that's meeting in your home, I'd encourage you to stop uh, this right now, and I'd encourage you to read out loud together Psalm 23. I'm gonna read it, however, uh, but I'd encourage you to read it together as well. Just listen, because I think it's important that we learn to hear the word of God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my, restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
God is the God who shepherds us. And how amazing is it that Jacob, looking back on his life, about ready to die, says, God has been shepherding me all the days of my life to this very day. Friends, I want you to have that same realization that God is the God who is shepherding you. Just if you look at through Psalm 23, let me just touch on these very quickly because there's some things about this psalm that you think you know that you don't really know. And I want to get to those. But when David writes about this shepherding nature of God, God gives us nourishment. It says he, he leads me to green grass and quiet waters. He gives me rest. He makes me lie down. He, he restores my soul, restoration of the soul. He gives me satisfaction I, I shall not want. In verse 3, he provides guidance and paths of righteousness. In verse 4, he provides protection and comfort by virtue of his, his presence and his rod and his staff. This is the God who's been the shepherd for Jacob all the days of his life to this very day. And then J David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But there's something you need to understand here. My friends, I'm going to get very direct and I'm going to to do something that's very cut and dry, that, that, that it's one way or the other. There's one option, there's a second option, and there's no in-between, and there's no third option. And, and I just need to see this because this is, this is a matter of life, and this is a matter of death, about who or what is shepherding you. The Lord is my shepherd. The first thing I need you to see about this passage, and even what Jacob said there in, in Genesis chapter 48, we say the Lord is my shepherd, but I need you to understand that's not a noun. It, it, it's a it's a verb. It's a it's a it's a participle. It's um, not the Lord is my shepherd. It is the Lord is shepherding me. It's a picture of God's activity in our life. When we say the Lord is uh, my shepherd. We have these we have these uh, false visions of what a shepherd is. Some of you take the image of shepherd and you're getting ready to celebrate Christmas and you know the New Testament story that people are shocked that the angel of the Lord spoke to the shepherds because the shepherds were un unreliable and untrustworthy. The shepherds testimony wasn't even allowed in the court by the time of Jesus's birth. But some of you just have the picture of shepherd as this dirty, stinky outcast that's on the margins of society, and it's the wrong image. Uh, shepherds are so much different. Separ this really isn't about shepherds. This is about supreme might, protection, uh, from injury, it's about safety, it's about heroism, it's about the nearness of God in the, in the face of seemingly insurmountable obstacles and circumstances. It's about how God shepherds us and guides us and gets us to where he wants us to go. It's very simply, uh, the Lord, Yahweh, is shepherding me, and I just want to know today who's who's shepherding you, who feeds you. Some of your translations even say, he's feeding me. He's the one who feeds me. He's the one who, who drives me to pasture. He gets me to the place where I can lie down, where I can rest, where I can feed, where I can nourish my soul, where my soul can be restored. He's the one who instructs me with his staff and guides me with his rod. He does what only a shepherd can do. He's not a shepherd, but he's he's shepherding us, and that's how I have to know him as the one who is who is leading me, the one who is, is taking me to the places where where I need to go. And the reason God shepherds us is because he's the God who sees us. And he sees right where you are right now. And we as sheep have the tendency to nibble our way lost. And we need, a we, we need someone who will shepherd us back to the path and get us to the place that is best for us and the place that he can have the most impact in our lives. He's, he's, the, he's the one who's shepherding us. And David simply says, the Lord is shepherding me. The Lord is shepherding me. So we look at this beautiful psalm and, it's, and David's just crying out, the Lord is shepherding, the Lord is shepherding. It's what Jacob is crying out. The Lord has been shepherding me all the days of my life to this very day. And that's the kind of attitude and that's the kind of spirit I want to have. But now we come to the part of this passage of scripture that I, I Psalm 23, that I need the most. I, I need it every day. What happens when we allow God to shepherd us? What is it? It says, I shall not want. That's how many of you learned it. Some of your translations say, I shall not lack. And the Hebrew word order is important. 
Um, and it's the Lord is shepherding me, not shall I lack, <laughs> not shall I lack. It's this beautiful picture. It's if, if I allow God to shepherd me, if I, if I pay attention to the direction he's moving, if I pay attention to his prods and his nudges, if I, if I, if I hold on to his promises, it's, it's gonna be to this point where, where I, I lack nothing. To, to lack is to have strength taken from me. It's to, it's to be unable, it's to be weak, it's to be deficient. It's, it, when lack describes my life, I, I, I'm desperately incapacitated. I'm starving from malnutrition. I'm on the verge of death and dying. Uh, I dream of a longing uh, where I can have food to eat because I'm starving. And, and when the Lord is shepherding me, none of that happens. Not shall I lack. And David proclaims that with Yahweh's shepherding, it means I will never reach the point of death from lack of nourishment. I'll never reach the point of danger from lack of protection. He will feed me. He'll take me to the green pastures. He'll give me something to drink. He will protect. When I'm under his care, I will not fear. But my friends, would you agree with me that there are times when we nibble our way lost, when we run away from his shepherding, when we get lost on purpose, when we, when we chafe at the bit that he tries to put in our mouths to guide us, when we, when we run away from the rod of protection and the staff of correction, when we gorge ourselves on things that we shouldn't be digesting to start with, when we starve ourselves with abundance, when our soul grows faint, when we live in Sodom and Gomorrah, when we forget his mercies, when we're consumed by our insatiable desires, and one day I sit up and I realize, hopefully, like the prodigal son, that all the food that I'm digesting is only food fit for pigs. And will that sustain me? No, but God, the one who shepherds us, will. Will he welcome me back? Will he, will he let me be entered into his presence? Is he still willing to shepherd me even though I've run away and I've nibbled my way lost? If I treat these questions lightly, I'll, I'll probably stand, reprobate the rest of my life and remain lost. But if I let these questions penetrate the depths of my soul and my despair and it causes me to step away from the pigsty and take a step back towards God I'm going to find him running towards me because there is never a time when I am not welcomed when I am not desired when I am not loved when I am not pursued by this God who runs to meet us when we step towards him the Lord is shepherding me who or what is shepherding you because there is a choice the Lord will shepherd you or only one other thing can shepherd you. Let me say that again. Either the Lord will shepherd you or only one other thing can shepherd you. This is a psalm we're not quite as familiar with, Psalm 49, 14. And it's talking about foolish people. And it says, like sheep, they are appointed for Sheol. Death will be their shepherd. And the upright will rule over them in the morning. Their form shall be consumed in Sheol with no place to dwell. Did you catch that? Death will be their shepherd. You have a choice today to let the Lord shepherd you or anything else you choose to allow to shepherd you, to try to protect you, to guide you, to govern you, to feed you, to sustain you, to comfort you. Everything else, my friend, is death. That sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? But it's how God lays out the path. The Lord will shepherd you or death will shepherd you. My friend, this is one of the most frightening verses and one of the scariest verses in all the all the scriptures to me, especially when we realize that maybe my version of right and wrong falls short of God's version of right or wrong. It's no wonder that uh, so many rabbis pray, uh, may your mercy outweigh your wrath, because there is just this sense, who or what is shepherding you? Is the Lord shepherding you or is death shepherding you? My friends, bad decisions lead to bad consequences and to the end of the road that, that probably leads to destruction. And it certainly doesn't lead to divine pleasure, but the fool thinks otherwise. I can't ask it enough. 
who are what a shepherd and you you have two choices the lord and when he shepherds when he is the one shepherding us my friend it leads to life when anything or anyone else shepherds us it leads to death psalm 49 14 it says their soul is consumed with no place to go if you want to do a self-evaluation today and ask who or what is shepherding me, what is your soul consumed with? Your soul is consumed with death. Psalm 116.3 says this, The cords of death encompassed me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Are those the things that signify your life, distress and sorrow? Are those the things? But, but here's the thing about some of the things that you think are shepherding you that aren't leading you to life but are leading you to death. You think they're okay. You think, oh, well, it's just as good as God shepherding. No, my friend, I want you to know everything and anyone but God shepherds you to death. And it will lead to a sense of loss. It will lead to distress and it will lead to sorrow. Their soul is consumed with death, with no place to dwell. Does that bring back Psalm 23? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God wants us to give a dwelling place and he himself is our dwelling place. If, if, if the Lord is the one shepherding us, my friend, we begin to see that, that he is the one who goes ahead of us. He is the one who walks alongside of us and he is the one who comes after us. He's the one who is before us. He is the one who is beside us and he is the one who will come behind us to work all things for his glory and his good to, to give us a place to dwell. My friends, it is this simple and this scary and this frightening all in one that God has set before us and sets before us a choice every day. Who will we allow to shepherd us this day? Who will we surrender to to be the one shepherding us? Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 30, God speaking. And he says this, see, I've set before you today life and prosperity, death, and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn uh, away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter to possess. This day I call the heavens and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice, hold fast to him for the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As Jacob says, the Lord has been shepherding me all the days of my life to this very day is because he knew that God had set before him every single day the path of life and the path of death. It's fascinating to me when we think about shepherds, we have the wrong image. We think about uh, unworthy, untrust. Un, um, unreliable, uh, not trustworthy. Um, uh, we don't think about this, but but in the ancient world, a shepherd really meant three things. The first thing it meant is the one who provided leadership, protection, and care. Leadership, protection, and care. Secondly, it was a title of royalty. Shepherd was a title of royalty. Listen to this. This is a quote from an inscription found in the ancient world. From the very ancient from very ancient antiquity, rulers were described as demonstrating their legitimacy to rule by their ability to shepherd their people. Hammurabi, maybe you know the code of Hammurabi, right? Hammurabi and many other rulers of the ancient Western Asia are called shepherds or described as pastoring their subjects. In the Old Testament, however, it's the Lord who is the one who's shepherding his people and is praised for his mercy and providing for them. It's a it's a picture of love, care, and protection. It's a picture of a, a royal title, and it's a picture also associated with with an intimate friend, a, a friendship, and it's this amazing picture of, it, it, it was saying something about you if you were friends with a shepherd. 
Does it give you any pictures about our Lord Jesus? And John chapter 10, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He starts talking shepherding language, and they don't understand. Many of them are fishermen, and they don't understand shepherding language. Like most of us don't understand shepherding language. He talks about doors and gates and sheep and strangers and all of these things. They don't understand. John chapter 10, verse 6 says this. <coughs> this figure of speech that Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what these things were with which he had been saying to them. They, they didn't get what Jesus was saying. And so he breaks it down and he starts to talk to them that he's the door and he's the, he's the gate. And he starts to talk to them about these things. And then he comes to John. Uh, what we have is John chapter 10, 10. And he says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I came so that they might have life and have it abundantly. The thief, anything other than Jesus himself, that you allow to be the one shepherding you, has one intention, to steal, kill, and destroy, to lead you to death. He will still, he will do everything he can to steal your eternity so that you don't have any place to dwell in the house of the Lord. He'll do everything he can to kill your identity that you don't understand who you are, a precious creation of God that leaves you on some days thinking that you're no longer welcome, no longer desired, and that God doesn't want to have anything to do with you because your life's too messy. But my friend, you are a child of God and he wants you and he loves you for who you are. And then he will try to steal, he'll try to steal your eternity or try to kill your identity and he will try to destroy the ministry that God has given you to love other people, to share and show the love of Jesus starting in your own heart, starting in your own home, in your own neighborhood and taking it to the ends of the earth. And then in John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He says this, I have come so that you might have life. Listen back to Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I need you to grab a hold of this as we bring this thing to a conclusion today. I need you to grab a hold of this. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. The word follow me, it's a hunter's word. It's a word to pursue. It's a word to track down. It's what a hunter does in, in trying to find out where the animal that he's trying or she's trying to, to trap or kill is going to be. They pursue it. They hunt it down until they capture it. Goodness and mercy are going to hunt me down because God wants me to have life. But then I want you to see this other beautiful thing. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2. If you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments that I'm commanding you today, if you allow God to be the one shepherding you, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Verse 2. Check this out. And all the blessings of the Lord shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God, if you let God be the one who does the shepherding, if you let Jesus be the one who does the shepherding, you get the picture, it says this, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. It's this picture, right? That God is the shepherd, he's the one leading us. God is the, the shepherd, he's the one beside us, promise in his presence and his protection. But God is the one who's behind us and he's running with an armload of blessings just ready to catch you, overtake you, and pile them on you if you'll allow him to be the one who shepherds you. My friend, you and I have a choice this day and every day of our life. Will we be like Jacob who daily said, the Lord has been the one shepherding me all the days of my life to this very day. Will we let Lord, the Lord Jesus shepherd us or will we choose something else? Life or death, blessing or curse. May you and your family and those you love choose Jesus to be the one who shepherds you, who guides you, all the days of your life. Almighty Lord Jesus, we surrender to you and we need you. We choose you. We choose life. 
The choice is either life or death, blessing or curse. God, we choose life and the blessing that only Jesus can give. And he promises us this life because he demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, he died for us, that he rose from the dead, and that he offers us life like we could never even imagine or dream of. Lord Jesus, we choose you not just one time, but every single day, and we're just waiting for that day when we dwell with you forever and we get to enjoy now the blessings that you're going to bring as you overtake us as we surrender to you, Lord God, shepherding us all the days of our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.